everyone, and welcome to Insurance Uncovered, the first podcast to bring new insurance news and perspective from fault leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. Insurance Uncovered is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, we're delighted to have you and hope you'll keep returning. And for those of you longtime listeners, welcome back. I'm Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering diversity and inclusion. American Families CEO shares insights and strategies to foster a culture of inclusion. Plus, the deadly winter storm in Texas sets a new record for catastrophic losses. And preparing for future pandemics. What business owners can do right now to evaluate their coverage. But first, in our nation's capital. Congress formally returned to work this week, and the big item on the House agenda is the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package. Meanwhile, over in the Senate, work continues to fill President Joe Biden's cabinet. The Biden administration is facing questions from the insurance industry regarding the president's comment during a CNN town hall that black and Latino neighborhoods pay higher insurance rates because of systemic racism. State law prohibits insurers from setting rates that are excessive, inadequate, or unfairly discriminatory against any individual. NAMIC and its industry partners are committed to fairness and eliminating industry practices that fall below the industry's values. Insurers could suffer record first quarter catastrophe losses after the historic Texas winter storm. That's according to AM Best. The storm crippled the state's electrical grid and caused extensive property damage, including collapsed roofs and broken pipes. The storm occurred during a quarter that is typically the most benign for cat losses, and it could become the costliest winter weather event in Texas history. One company alone estimates an $18 billion insurance tab with hundreds of thousands of claims expected as a result of the storm. In 2020, the U.S. experienced 22 different $1 billion weather and natural disasters, reports the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. In total, catastrophes caused $95 billion in damages. As we near the one-year anniversary of the coronavirus pandemic, scientists and other experts expect the situation to get worse and advise property owners, including businesses, to prepare for future losses. NAMIC Senior Vice President of Corporate Affairs Neil Aldridge recently spoke with Lodging Leader and reminded property owners, especially businesses, to take this time to review the coverage they need now and post-pandemic. Small business owners, small or large for that matter, still need the normal sorts of liability coverage they would always have. They need their normal property insurance, their fire insurance, all those kinds of things. The liability coverage that is typically covered in a normal business owner's policy or a property policy is still at play. The business interruption coverage question is going to linger. It's going to be around for a while. The insurance industry's perspective is that pandemics are simply just not insurable events. That's why many of the languages don't cover it. I think the one thing business owners, especially hotel owners, can expect is even more clarity. Aldridge said business owners should take this time to review their insurance policies, talk to their agents, and shop around for coverage. You can find a link to the entire Lodging Leader interview on the In the News section of NAMIC.org. 
Now, as we near the end of Black History Month, we wanted to highlight the work one of NAMIC's members is doing to make a difference when it comes to diversity and inclusion. American Family Insurance recently announced that it is committed to spend $105 million over the next five years to help close the equity gaps that continue to plague the U.S. The company is raising the bar to provide financial support to increase racial and ethnic diversity among its employees and leaders. But that's just one of AmFam's many DNI-related efforts. On today's Unscripted, our host, Namics Chuck Chamnis, talks with the company's chair and CEO, Jack Salzweedle, about his insights and strategies to foster a culture of inclusion. Joining me today on Insurance Unscripted is Jack Salzweedle, chair and CEO of American Family Insurance. Jack plans to retire at the end of this year. So this may be my last opportunity to really get to pay tribute to Jack and the incredible job he's done over 10 years at American Family. He has transformed this important mutual insurance company through things like acquisitions and affiliations. In 2018, Main Street America Group, 2019, Ameriprise, 2020, Bold Penguin, a technology company really creating a multi-lined insurer with diversified distribution. Also a leader in social media, where in many cases he's shown the way with his AmFam Jack Twitter handle and other means. But truly he's a leader who's taken values and beliefs and put them into action, including in the area we're going to talk about today, which is advancing diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So thanks for joining us today, Jack. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be here and thanks Thanks for the invitation. I appreciate it. Well, as I said, it's um, it's really been amazing to watch you and the company uh, for these 10 years. And, and, you know, looking at diversity and inclusion, uh, you've made the Diversity Inc. Top 50 list two years in a row now. And I've been recognized with so many other awards for your work to foster a culture of inclusion. Um, it's a big issue for our industry. Can you tell me some about you know, your DNI initiatives and other things you've implemented and kind of what you've created so far at American Family. Yeah, I mean, um, so we, we've, uh, you and I have had uh, casual conversations about this in the past, but I think it, it really stems back to our corporate structure, uh, first and foremost, which is being a mutual company. And as you know, it's very unique uh, corporate structure and you, you not only have alignment of your uh, of your customers, but you you uh, have alignment of your owners, and uh, it creates a difference where uh, the partnerships that you form as an organization um, are different than if you're a public company. I mean, we have we consider our communities where we do business um, are are really deep partners, and we we consider long term impact of things that we invest in. Diversity and inclusion, equity and justice are one of those where you might look at it and say, you know, what's the, what's the uh, ROI on that over a six month or one year period. This is, this is really something that, that you need to be looking at, or we look at anyway, over a multi-year uh, time frame. And I think being a mutual company allows us uh, the ability to, to consider this and to, and to consider the communities that we uh, do business in a little bit differently. And so uh, we've been fortunate to be, you know, recognized for this, but it's, it's been something that, as you know, uh, we had a merger with Main Street America a few years ago. You spoke to our board down there. I mean, it's been something that we've been pushing now for seven or eight years. 
And we just believe that that it not only is good for the communities and, and our, our policyholders and our owners, but it's good for our company. It's good for the bottom line. And we've been able to kind of demonstrate within the four walls of AmFam um, what those what those uh, improvements in, in ROI are and in, in, in our investments, and we've been able to build it into our strategy. So it's not a, it's not a one moment thing where, uh, you know, a racial uh, crisis that we saw last year happened with George Floyd and Brianna Taylor and many, many others, but it's something that we see as a, as a movement that we've been working on for a number of years now. And uh, I'm just really happy to, uh, to, to be a part of it and to see this kind of this uh, shift happening, this groundswell happening. And I think it's, and I think mutual companies in particular um, have the opportunity to, uh, to define themselves differently. There's, there's space available around this where I think we can, we can uh, look different from other companies and other industries. And I just think it's a, it's a great opportunity for us. Boy, I totally agree. And I loved in your uh, protecting what matters most uh, intro to uh, one of your reports, you link it all the way back to the founding of the company at Herman Whitworth in 1927. And and I think you're right, the mutual alignment with policyholders, with communities, that exclusive focus really puts us in a really strong position to you know, work on these initiatives. So maybe as you've looked at what to do as a company, how have you ensured that you have enough diverse perspectives around the table as you put the the uh, strategy together. Well, I think I think you know one thing that's a that's a myth of the of the uh, industry and of the mutual industry in particular is that there's somehow this lack of discipline because we take such a long term view of things or a lack of efficiency that public companies automatically get because they have shareholders and I just. I, I believe that that we can operate with uh, very efficiently and uh, uh, be very disciplined as a mutual company, and and so it gets back to uh, really being uh, intentional about uh, metrics around things like this. I mean, we have a people balance scorecard where we don't have quotas, but we have um, we we have uh, a balance that we want to have as an organization in terms of the people at all levels. You know, overall. Um, people of color numbers, um, you know, gender diversity, all the way up to uh, executives. And we look at it on a, on a monthly, on a quarterly basis, it gets in front of our board. And I think that's really the start of it is, is, uh, is, is uh, having a commitment to, uh, to looking at the balance that we have in our nation of diverse uh, individuals and then looking inter- internally within our organizations in terms of what our numbers look like, and and uh, you can do a lot of things like changing the um, the hiring pools and requiring that we have greater diversity in our hiring pools. I think that's one one thing that that we've started to do that has had a huge impact. It's not that we're uh, saying we we want a, a certain quota, but we're saying that we want to have a diverse pool to choose from. And when you open the gates like that to, to groups that have traditionally been marginalized. It's just incredible to see the talent that um, that rises up in the organization, and and uh, so it's been it's been great to see. But I, I think I think this uh, this idea that somehow uh, mutual companies are less disciplined or efficient 
is is where you tackle it and you go at it through your strategy strategic plan through your strategies your focus areas and and it drives all the way down to basic metrics that you have as a as an organization yeah and i think i mean here we are in february insurance careers month we know we have this insurance talent gap and and this um you know win-win which will be attracting the next generation of leaders into our industry and attracting them from some areas we hadn't probably looked uh, as much as, as we might have in the past. Uh, new leaders with different perspectives who also, you know, represent the policyholders that we seek to serve. So it's just, um, I think, a tremendously exciting formula and one that mutuals are very able to carry out uh, given their alignment. So what kind of leaders are you looking for? What kind of leaders uh, are best when it comes to engaging and driving, you know, an agenda for diversity in a company? You mentioned measurement going all the way up to the board. I know that's part of it, but is there a particular type of leader that you're looking for? Well, I think, I think you, um, we're starting to see this even, even more as we're doing um, deeper hiring uh, into areas that, you know, we haven't historically been uh, deep into, whether it's uh, historically, um, you know, colleges, uh, black colleges that are, that are HBCUs, you know, um, you know, those are, those are areas that we have um, definitely stepped up our game and have, have been recruiting heavily in, but there's many, many other areas where if you, if you look differently than maybe traditionally, you, you find you find areas where um, where you can um, certainly find talent that that uh, maybe maybe we as an industry or uh, as a company have overlooked in the past and that and then there's there's things uh, as you, as you get into this it it ties with it ties with marketing it ties with product development it ties with all aspects of of uh, the business that we're involved in and I think it's traditionally you want, you want smart people, you want dedicated people, you want, uh, folks that, uh, folks, folks that think differently. And I think that lends itself, the innovation side that lends itself to having just a very diverse, um, group of people that, that you work with. So I think, I think, um, whereas maybe, uh, insurance has not been, uh, an industry that has looked real attractive to people. I think, uh, what we're seeing right now is that it actually is is very attractive. You have you have a lot of artificial intelligence, machine learning, soft software engineering. So the technology side of it is very exciting. We have which huge data sets uh, for for uh, these folks to to work with. And so there's the raw materials, uh, and then and then very exciting things in the marketplace. We have we have problems that that we're trying to solve, whether it's uh, weather events that that uh, uh, you know are being impacted by changes in climate and things like that. It just these are just very relevant to uh, to the to the workforce that we're looking to attract. And and so if you take if you take a stand in some of these and you you um, uh, really try to further the cause of our communities, there's a, there's just a natural alignment with with uh, with the with the industry and and mutual companies and, and what we've seen with our company so I I think it's uh, it's getting deeper into areas that we've maybe uh, not concentrated as much on in the past 
and and finding pockets. And I think um, there is talent available and talent that's open to working in the insurance industry for sure. Absolutely. So last year was, um, you know, a year. And so as we look at the events of 2020, we were talking before we started about working from home, um, which has clearly been a major trend during the pandemic. But what are the takeaways from the events of 2020, whether it's a pandemic or most relevant to this conversation, Black Lives Matter, you know, the George Floyd and other tragedies that, that um, you know, caused uh, quite a bit of unrest and, and really a, a, a motivation for change uh, in part driving what we're talking about today. Um, how's that impacted or has it impacted anything else in your long-term strategy? I know, you know, you started before this year or last year, but uh, did it change anything seeing that come about in 2020? You know, I think it did, Chuck. I think I think there was an acceleration, um, specifically in the in the uh, racial crisis that our our country has has uh, found itself uh, in the middle of, and and it has been um, amplified. I think you, you start the year with a health crisis. You then have an economic crisis. Um, you have uh, individual situations happen. Last year, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and um, and as as you then work through the year, you see this this tremendous void in leadership uh, that 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 we saw last year. And I think it all it all took things we were working on and uh, believed in and just accelerated uh, them to a, to a whole nother level. And I think took took things like specific events or moments of racial tension and problems and just have made them a movement. And so I, I think what we saw last year and what we did last year is this, um, this, this uh, alignment of our, our uh, beliefs and value and culture at American Family around issues like race, like equity, like inclusion, like diversity. Um, and, and we saw those uh, issues intersect with uh, what we were doing as an organization, whether it's premium give back for uh, the auto, um, you, you know, the the uh, changes in driving behavior in, in the uh, uh, auto business last year, uh, whether whether it's, um, you know, we have an institute, the American Family Institute for Social and, and Corporate uh, uh, Impact. And, uh, you know, the, these these issues align directly with that. So it's how we invest in our communities. Uh, with our with our charitable uh, foundation, uh, but it, but it but it gets to um, really the the strategy you have as an organization as well. So I think I think it um, you know these have been these have been simmering for many people. They've they've lived this for a long time. They've been simmering, and I think last year uh, created the the uh, um, catalyst to to really move these forward, accelerate um, accelerate these issues and. And so, you know, one of the things, one of the concrete things we did was as, uh, as people were, as companies were starting to pull back as the economic crisis happened last year, we found a lot of talent that was moving around in the marketplace, whether it's uh, people who have been involved in startups or even large organizations who have paired back their, their uh, workforce. Uh, we, we aggressively 
uh, created a fund and actually uh, went after those folks and hired a lot of them. Uh, when people were backing off of uh, internship programs last year, we actually doubled down and um, we have the best uh, diverse uh, group of interns that we've ever had last year, last summer, and our conversion rate on those to employees is the highest it's ever been. So it was a, it was a, it was a terrible year in so many respects, but it was also a great year for us opportunistically in terms of bringing uh, talent and diverse talent um, into into the organization. So again, it's one of those situations where it's it's uh, lemonade lemonade from lemons. Uh, but but there are certainly opportunities out there for forward-thinking companies to um, uh, to deal with a crisis, to deal with an issue, and then at the same time to react to it and to have some positive come out of uh, those crises as well. Well, we're almost out of time, and um, I do want to get to one more question. It's kind of a two-parter, but first, American Family, you are walking the walk when it comes to acting, you know, on your beliefs in diversity and inclusion. And you personally, as the leader and CEO, now in transition with Bill following, uh, have really done that and spent a lot of time leading on this issue. And I mean that through your communication, writing, speeches, um, social media, et cetera. But what changes have you noticed since kind of making this commitment in the last few years, uh, either corporately or, or personally. And finally, um, you know, you retire at the end of the year. Um, how do you ensure the legacy of it going forward after after your retirement? Yeah, I guess that last one, you know, hope, hopefully with the team, with the team that uh, we've assembled and the talent and the culture that we have with the organization, that that's the best um, um, safeguard to uh, looking at the long-term prospects of the organization. That being said, I mean, I fully expect that the, that the group that'll be coming after me will do things a lot different than I have done them probably better and, and take the company to, to greater heights than I, than I could have ever done. So, uh, but they'll, but they'll be doing it not because they're doing it the way I'm doing it because they're, they'll be doing it because they're, they're doing it the way they believe and because of the, their, uh, work um, in seeing what the challenges are, you know, three, four, five, ten years from now. So I, I feel, I feel good about that. Um, I, I think you know this this journey around um, ra- the racial crisis that we've seen has changed my. It's changed my uh, beliefs somewhat uh, in terms of the flex of the flex of the organization. I think, I think I've. Uh, over the years, been a little bit um, uh, reluctant in some ways to do certain things because I'm worried about certain things within the organization. And what I what I have learned, whether it's the 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 uh, health crisis, the economic crisis, um, the the racial crisis, which has led to some leadership learnings, is that the the, the organization has a tremendous ability to flex, and uh, whether it's whether it's worried about having exclusive agents and how they're going to deal with a model now where we have, where we have independent agents uh, through mainstream America, or whether we have direct models with the general or, or other direct models that we have at American family at our enterprise. Now this ability for people to understand what's really going on uh, in the world, in the community in, in the marketplace and to be able to flex and understand 
objectively what what we're trying to do here and uh, be willing be willing to take some risk around that i think i that's a that's a huge learning that i've that i've had over the last few years but in particular last year and i think uh, that that for me has been uh, satisfying personally to see to see us take certain risks and see the organization respond to it the way we we have last year was a great year from the standpoint of learning how to um, learning how to work remotely and um, you know I don't like the fact that we've got millions of square feet of corporate real estate and now we have 90% of our uh, employee group working remotely and and doing it pretty well I mean there's going to need to be some uh, some relook at at uh, the operations of hybrid coming back to work and some changes. And, and that would have never happened uh, or would have taken, you know, five years or decades to, to get us there. And we, we moved there very quickly and have been adapting to that. But I, um, so from an organization standpoint, there's been some, uh, some positives that have come out of this as well. Well, on that note, Jack, we'll leave it, but let me just again, thank you. Uh, I saw you wrote somewhere that, you know, an American family, we're putting our values and beliefs into action. And clearly you're doing that. And it, it benefits not only your company and your policyholders, but the whole industry. And we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, you bet, Chuck. And thank you. And I, I got to tell you, we are a proud, uh, proud mutual company and, and uh, uh, really appreciate your organization and all you've done personally to help us as well. So thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back again on March 10th with more insurance news and interviews. Remember, if you have a topic or issue you'd like us to uncover, just let us know. You can always send us an email at uncovered at Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a wonderful day.